CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. So first off, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, be sure you subscribe or follow Inside Carolina wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube so you never miss out on any of the content the team at IC puts out. It helps us out a ton, and it hardly takes any time. Speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why I've got to remind everybody about Jimmy's Famous Seafood. The reason they wanted to sponsor this podcast is simple. They're owned and operated by Carolina fans. So not only do you get great seafood at a great price, but you're also supporting one of your own. It's a true win-win for everybody wondering. My go-to order is the famous gift box where you get two massive crab cakes, two kinds of crab soup, and a half pint of crab dip. Visit them online at jimmysfamousseafood.com and at checkout, use the promo code hashtag GDTBATH for free two-day shipping. That's promo code hashtag GDTBATH. All right, today we have a special guest joining me. We've got football analyst Phil Steele, who is best known for his preseason magazine, which has been dubbed by many as the College Football Bible. The 2021 magazines will be on sale exclusively at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, or you could get the digital copy at philsteel.com, or you could do what I do and just get them both. It's the 27th edition of the magazine this year. Phil, thanks for joining me. Getting right into it, you talk with every coach when putting together your magazine. What were your takeaways about this upcoming Carolina team when you talked with Coach Mac Brown? Well, you know, the the big question marks, uh, you know, with North Carolina this year is, of course, who's going to replace the top two running backs and the top two receivers. But overall, going through the team with Coach Brown, the first thing that struck me is the great recruiting job he's done. He's got three tremendous recruiting classes here. You look at the second team and the third team. A lot of these guys are what I call VHTs or very highly touted players. And generally when I go over a team with a coach, like I did with Coach Brown, we go over every single player on the team. So there's good depth on this North Carolina team. The big question marks are who's going to step in a running back and receiver, but he's pretty comfortable with the replacements. And uh, I think when you got a quarterback like Sam Howell, an offensive line like they have, and a defense that uh, looks it's going to look pretty good getting off the bus, uh, I'm pretty impressed with the overall talent that North Carolina has. The conversation with this team, it always starts with quarterback Sam Howell. I saw some fans uh, from Carolina were ready with their pitchforks out when you had him as a second team All-American behind Spencer Rattler, which shows that we're at the complaining that (laughs) someone's saying our quarterback is the second best quarterback in the nation stage. What is it about Howell's game that you really like and that you've seen that's made him such a special talent going on three years now? Well, you, you just coming in and, and doing what he did as a freshman quarterback was pretty phenomenal. And that really caught, I think, everybody's uh, 
interest, you know, across the country uh, doing what he did the first year and then last year even better. And you're talking about a North Carolina offense led by Sam Howell that put up 41.7 points per game at 537 yards per game. And that was without the normal, uh, non, you know, not playing the normal non-conference slate. It was almost a pure ACC slate. Now this year, uh, I think he improved his leadership. He lost a little bit of weight. He's got his body even in better shape than what it's been. And uh, he gets the ball out of his hands faster uh, this year. So he's an incredible deep ball. Uh, and he definitely looks like a first-round draft pick next year. And uh, I, th- I think he's ready for a spectacular. And believe it or not, Taylor, even though it's his third year, he's only a sophomore based on the uh, the way that the uh, NCAA grades it this year, gave everybody that free year. So he's going to have a remarkable sophomore year. Yeah, and you hit on it in your overall takeaways that the biggest challenge for this Carolina team is replacing those four NFL draft picks on offense at the skilled possessions. You have a quarterback like Sam Howell, who I think can make a good player great and even average player good. So what would you say your level of confidence is that Carolina can replicate the success they've built over the past two years with that largely unknown and unproven group at wide receiver and running back? Yeah, I, I think the receiving room is going to be easier to uh, get there. You go back and take a look at the bowl game as an example. Uh, De'Ami Brown's out for the bowl game, but then a, a guy like Josh Downs, who was little used throughout much of the year, steps up, had four catches for 91 yards. When you've got a guy like Sam Howell throwing, as long as the receivers are getting open, they're going to get the ball, they're going to put up the stats. And I think at the end of the year, North Carolina is going to have a couple of established receivers that are first-team, second-team ACC. Now, the running back spot, that Michael Carter, Javante Williams combo was quite a combo. I mean, either one of those guys could take it to the house anytime they had the ball. They were powerful all season long. The two of them combined, each rushing for over 1,000 yards. I like Ty Chandler. I like the potential they have at running back, but I don't know if they're going to uncover 2,000-yard running backs like they did last year. So probably a little more concerned with the running back room than the receiving room, knowing that Sam Howell throwing the football will develop uh, young receivers that will turn into stars this year. Yeah, that running back room last year was different, something that I don't know if we'll ever see at North Carolina again. But the other thought there is that North Carolina, like you mentioned, they scored 41.7 points per game, yet you won't really need that kind of production and output if the defense drastically improves, which you'd assume it would with 10 starters on that side of the ball returning. Do you think that's a fair assumption to make when you're talking about the offense to defense trade-off? Oh, absolutely. And uh, you take a look at this defense and they're a unit that looks good getting off the bus. They are big, they're strong, they're fast, they're physical. They've got a lot of VHTs in the unit and uh, they look good getting off the bus. And I think this is the year they play to their potential. Uh, you know, you take a look at uh, uh, the overall Jay Bateman, when he came in and has done with this unit uh, the first couple of years, he took them from 34 points per game allowed down to 23 Last year, a little step back, but once again, it was a pure ACC schedule, basically. Didn't didn't have any soft non-conference games involved in there. I think when you look at North Carolina this year, they will have a defense that should be one of the better units in the country. In fact, uh, coming into the season, uh, I rate them in the, the top 40 defenses out there, which is a, a big step up from where they've been the last couple of years. Yeah, and I think 
one of the reasons why Carolina fans are so excited is you're starting to get that continuity on both your offensive and defensive coordinator where you're going into year three now in the same system and you're starting to get more of that talent. You're starting to get more of that depth. And the old adage in football is that when you're talking about national contenders, it's, it's a game that's going to be one in the trenches, which bodes well for Carolina because you have both their offensive and defensive lines as top 15 units in the entire country. Starting with the offensive line, it's headlined by a player like Josh Azudu, who you have as a preseason All-American. What do you like about that overall group? Yeah, first of all, the, the, uh, the fact that they've got 111 career starts returning, which is one of the one of the most experienced groups in the country. All five starters are back. I think there's three NFL caliber guys on there with Azudu, uh, Jordan Tucker, uh, and even McKeithen probably could end up playing in the NFL. So I think this is going to be one of the better offensive lines. I'm on the Joe Moore Award committee, uh, so I'm always looking at the offensive line uh, closely. And uh, so naturally having them in my top ten heading into the year, that sort of tells, tells you what I think about them. They've got good depth. Uh, there are players in the, you know, they, they probably go most uh, offensive line coaches like to have a top seven or eight. I think they go a little bit deeper than that even. And when you've got five veteran re- returning starters, uh, this is a top notch unit. Yeah. I think this offensive line doesn't quite get the credit it deserves besides hearing you say it um, just because of how good Michael Carter and Javante were, but you don't rush for the amount of yards they do last year without some kind of decent offensive line. And it's nice that all five starters are coming back for this Carolina team. Then switching sides on defense, Carolina not only returns everybody, but you're starting to mix in some of those big time recruits, like you mentioned earlier from the past two classes, like Javari Ritzy, Keyshawn Silver, Miles Murphy, uh, Des Evans. What are you seeing from that D line that could make them a nightmare for opposing offenses? You know, the one thing I like to see in a defensive line is depth, because when you're rushing the passer, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of exertion, and you like to just rotate fresh bodies in there. If you can go three deep on the defensive line, generally you're going to have that pass rush in the fourth quarter of games. And Coach Brown told me they have a package of pass rushers this year on second and third uh, that they haven't had been able to have. They can go very deep in the pass rush route. They're going to have fresh bodies in there. And when you've got a player like uh, Desmond Evans, for example, my number five rated defensive line coming out of high school as a backup, then you know you're in pretty good shape. So this is a very deep unit, goes three deep, and will be able to stay fresh throughout the game. Yeah, headlined by a player like Ray Vahasek, who you also have on your preseason All-American team. Going through some of the biggest games on the schedule for Carolina, UNC opens up on the road Friday night game in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. They'll have enter Sandman blaring for sure. Mm. How do you see that game going down if it were to kick off tomorrow? Because from watching last year, this feels like two teams going in radically different directions when you factor in on and off the field results. Yeah. Well, keep in mind last year, Virginia tech was hit hard by COVID and injuries. They were, they were down 20, 30 players in a lot of games last season. So I don't think we saw the true Virginia tech team last year. Uh, Their defense coordinator, Justin Hamilton last year, uh, tried to switch the schemes up a little bit. And unfortunately didn't have spring practice to get that incorporated. So I think overall, uh, Virginia Tech, uh, due to all the stuff that happened, we didn't see the true Virginia Tech. You're going to see a much better VT this year. You touched on Enter Sandman Friday night. 
you know that place is going to be jumping uh, start to finish. I'm expecting a very close game. I do think North Carolina's a superior team, should be able to come out of there with a win. But uh, last year, if they didn't play their A game, and I'm going to talk about Florida State and Virginia on the road, uh, they didn't win those games. So I think they're going to have to play their A game to come out of there with a win. I do think it's going to be a tight game, comes down to the wire. Uh, I've got North Carolina about a three-point favorite in that game. So I think it's going to be a good game, but I do think North Carolina can prevail. The next game I wanted to ask about was UNC's home opener, home ACC opener, and that's against UVA. Carolina, they're 0-4 their last four meetings against the Cavalier, who seems to give the Tar Heels all sorts of trouble. Is this the year you think that UNC gets back in the win column against UVA? Finally. And, uh, you know, I, I do like Virginia's talent. And I'll, I'll go back to my conversation with Coach Mendenhall last year. You know, there were major question marks with Virginia because their quarterback was their offense two years ago. And they averaged 32.1 points a game. And they, they averaged uh, 389 yards per game. And then last year, uh, Virginia came into the season losing their star. And I'm talking, of course, about Bryce Perkins. And the, the big question mark was, boy, Virginia's offense going to take a step back. And I talked to Coach Mendenhall. He's like, Phil, I don't feel we're going to take a step back. And look, they averaged 423 yards per game. It even got better last year. So uh, I think Coach uh, Mendenhall feels that they're going to contend for the ACC. He says they're the defending coastal champs, which they are. There was no coastal division uh, last year, I like Brennan Armstrong. I like Keaton Thompson, a wide receiver. Uh, the defense is going to be solid, as always, under Mendenhall. But I think North Carolina getting that game at home, playing with full revenge, they, you're going to get North Carolina's A game. I've actually got North Carolina a double-digit favorite in the game. So, yes, I do think they end that losing streak. Another team that UNC got tripped up on last year as a, as a big uh, favorite was the Florida State Seminoles. Do you see this Florida State team taking a step forward from the team last year who, outside of that UNC game, looked pretty bad throughout the year? Yeah, and keep in mind, first-year head coaches last year were in an extremely tough predicament. You're talking about taking over a team, and and I talked to a lot of first-year head coaches last year, uh, Taylor, and generally here was the conversation. Okay, coach, let's go over your team, and they'd be like, Phil, I haven't seen my team. We didn't even get a spring practice. Uh, I don't know what the players, and that was what the first-year head coaches went through. So you sort of expected Florida State to struggle with the first-year head coach coming in, changing the schemes on both sides of the ball. This year, talking to Coach Norvell, he feels they're in much better shape. They do add Mackenzie Milton at quarterback, and uh, he could be a difference maker there. They've got the running backs with Corbin and Toa Philly. Uh, the receiving core looks good. This is a very talented team. I thought their defense really underperformed last year. I mean, you look, take a look at the talent they had in the defensive front seven. No way that group gives up 5.1 yards per carry. I think they'll be vastly improved on that side of the ball. But for the record, in this game, I do feel North Carolina's program further along. This is basically year one for Mike Norvell rather than year two. And North Carolina gets that game at home playing with revenge. Once again, I've got them a double-digit favorite in that game, but you will see a vastly improved Florida State team this year. Yeah, Mac Brown has has struggled quite a bit against his alma mater, and then you also have the, the Sam Howell was a former FSU commit, so a ton of storylines going into that game. And then I think arguably the biggest game of the year for Carolina, October 16th, you get Miami at North Carolina, beautiful Keenan Stadium, in the middle of October, 
Is this the game, in your opinion, that will ultimately decide the Coastal Division? Yes, it is definitely the game that will decide the Coastal Division this year. And, you know, if you're a North Carolina fan and you're thinking, you know what, I watched that North Carolina-Miami game last year, and that wasn't even a contest, 62-26. I asked Coach Diaz and Coach Brown. I said, what the heck happened? Neither one could explain what happened in that game. I mean, it was just a game where – Everything that could go possibly right for North Carolina did. They ran the ball down Miami's throat. I don't expect that this year. Miami's going to have a very good defensive front seven. Uh, Manny Diaz taking over the play calling there. If De'Ara King is 100% healthy, which I expect him to be, he's got a great supporting cast with him. This year's game is not going to be anywhere near a blowout. In fact, it's going to be a heck of a game. comes right down to the wire. And the winner of that game, I believe, will be playing Clemson in the ACC title game. For the record, I think North Carolina comes out of there with a very close win. Yeah, you really hope Derek King is fully healthy so you see these two teams at full strength. And I've loved the the emergence of UNC-Miami becoming this big rivalry game in the ACC with the Carolina players throwing the U down and the Miami fans <laughs> just not liking Carolina. And I, the ACC needs more of these rivalries, and I'm glad that they've kind of gotten that from UNC-Miami. Uh, but speaking of rivalry games, to close out the regular season, UNC is making the short trip down I-40 to Raleigh to take on the Wolfpack. To the surprise of a lot of Carolina fans, you have NC State as a top four team in the conference in your power ratings. And I think that's because they return 19 starters. But are we accounting for that those starters have lost the past two games to UNC by a combined score of 89 to 31? Uh, you know, all that's factored in. And I think last year's game against uh, North Carolina was definitely North Carolina State's worst game of the entire season. And they didn't play like that in any other game. So uh, I think when you take a look at the talent they have, I like Devin Leary, a quarterback. You look at their running back room with Bam Knight, Ricky Pearson, Jordan Hudson, Houston, uh, all solid. You look at the receiving core with Thayer Thomas and Amiki Emizi. Uh, uh, you look at the offensive line is solid. The defense has got a lot of quality players. Peyton Wilson, I believe, led the ACC in tackles last year. Uh, I, I think that's a dangerous game for North Carolina at the end of the year. North Carolina State is an improved team over last season. They do play a killer schedule, which is one of the reasons I didn't even pick them uh, higher in the rankings. I've got them in a three-way tie for the Atlantic, but they draw Clemson, but they also have to play both Miami and North Carolina uh, out of the coastal division and the road schedule extremely tough this year. But uh, I think North Carolina state's going to give Carolina a much better game. I do think North Carolina wins it, but it'll be a fun rivalry. Yeah, for sure. And Devin, Devin uh, Leary missed, I think part of that game last year. So I think that's one thing you kind of have to account for as they looked like a completely different team when he was out there. But Mac Brown has put such a big emphasis on these in-state games where I think you're kind of seeing that on the field when Carolina plays Duke and plays NC State, this, this renewed rivalry where Carolina is giving every team their best shot in the state because they know they're getting the same best shot in return. And then I'm, I'm curious, they're not on the schedule, but hypothetically speaking, how does Carolina match up with the Clemson if that were to be the ACC championship because I have to imagine that if if you want to get Clemson, it would be in a year where they're replacing somebody like Trevor Lawrence and like Travis Etienne. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the supporting cast for the new quarterback, DJ Uyunglele, 
uh, is better than what Trevor Lawrence had last year at the receiver position and better at the offensive line. But you wonder a little bit about the running back, and it's not Trevor Lawrence back there anymore. Now, they've got the best defensive line in the entire country. Uh, it's, let's not uh, cut any slack there. I mean, they are outstanding on the defensive front. They had a lot of true freshmen playing last year. Uh, they're my number three linebackers, number eight DBs. Uh, special teams would be the area that I think North Carolina could potentially have an edge. Clemson's never been super strong there. And I think it's a good season to stand up with them. And what impressed me last year, Taylor, is I thought Texas A&M last year was a team that uh, was a legitimate national title contender, very nearly made the playoff. And in that game, North Carolina took on Texas A&M. North Carolina didn't have their top two running backs, their top receiver. And yet they gave A&M a game. They were leading that thing in the fourth quarter. So if you can stand up to a team like Texas A&M, I think they can stand up to a Clemson team without Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, ACC title game, and it is the ACC title game that I'm projecting in the magazine. Yeah, and I think what we've seen the past two years where the last time Carolina played Clemson and a lot of the games last year with a quarterback like Sam Howell, it feels like this North Carolina team is always going to be in it late. They're always going to have a chance to win it, and especially in a one-game sample size where you just have to have the breaks kind of go your way. But to close it out, I have – two buy or sell questions for you. I'm going to ask you the question and you just tell me if you're buying or selling the statement. The first one is Sam Howell is at the Heisman Trophy presentation at the end of the year. Buying. What's what's the reasoning behind buying Howell as uh, okay. the three finalists? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think when you look at Howell's uh, stats this year, they're going to be phenomenal. And like I said, he's going to break in a new receiving core. Uh, I've got him as number two on my Heisman preseason list coming in. And uh, they usually take the top two, three, or four uh, quarterbacks or or players, I should say. So I think Sam Howell's a guy that's going to be a first-round draft pick next year and will be at the Heisman uh, presentation, especially if he leads big wins over Miami of Florida, Notre Dame on the road. Uh, The wins like that are the ones that really capture the national attention. Yeah, and with how good he is in the fourth quarter and those big games, like you mentioned, there's going to be an ample amount of opportunities for him to have those kind of Heisman moments that they can play on uh, the highlight reels. And then the last buy or sell I have for you is Mac Brown gets UNC to the playoffs within the next four years. I think that I'm going to go by on that. Uh, first of all, big fan of Mac Brown. I think he gets the most done. Uh, you look at what he's done in his head coaching career. He seems to be enthused, you know, re-energized with this job. And look at the recruiting classes he's in. You go back and you take a look at teams like Clemson, uh, Alabama, Ohio State. Why are they at the top every year, no matter who they lose? It's because of who they've been recruiting. And Mac Brown's doing a fantastic job recruiting, building this team with talent. And I, I think it's not just going to be Sam Howell next year. There's going to be a lot of players that emerge uh, next season. And I, I love I love the job he's doing recruiting. So I believe they will clearly make the playoff, especially with the fact, Taylor, that in two years we're probably going to a 12-team playoff. And uh, I think North Carolina is definitely going to make it at that point. Carolina fans, I'm pretty sure they, they love you already, Phil, but – after hearing that, you're going to be their their favorite analyst leading the charge for them. But I just wanted to say thank you for hopping on here today with me. I, I had a ton of fun talking to you, as always, and just hope you're doing well. 
You know, and Taylor, one thing I want to throw out to your listeners, save them a little bit of gas money this year, is we are exclusively at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So don't go driving around looking for the magazine at other places. Uh, it's only at Barnes & Noble and only at Books A Million, but 352 pages. And we give you two full pages on every team in the country. Same amount of coverage on Coastal Carolina or Akron that we give you on Oklahoma and Alabama. It's uh, it's really like getting 130 different media guides rolled into one. That's uh, Phil Steele's college football preview. And Taylor, how long we've been doing this show together now? It's been this a few is, years, hasn't yeah, it? This is this is the third or fourth year. I was just going to say I have the digital copy already. Once it once I go to Barnes and Noble, I'm going to get the physical copy. I love taking it out to the beach. It's it's like the official start of summer for me. Once once I get that magazine in my hand. Yeah, and it's something you use all year long. Am I correct? Yes, for sure, for sure. It's it's the best the best resource for college football. I would say. Awesome. Appreciate that. I, I feel it's got three to four times the amount of information in any other magazine out there. But, uh, you know, I, I always enjoy doing the show with you, Taylor, and uh, look forward to many years doing it upcoming. Thank you so much, as always. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.